So, Michelle. So, David. Been looking for a quiet week, maybe? Yeah, I mean, not much was going on. No, there's been nothing going on in the intelligence world. Nothing. (gasps) Oh, my God, there is so much going on in the intelligence world. So much going on. And because I'm always so consumed with the news of the day, I don't always get to fully get my head around what is going on in the spy world. But thank God for you. Yeah, because I've got nothing else to do with my life except teach children how to improvise. But other than that, um, (laughs) and look, it's actually incredibly busy in the intelligence world. You were doing God's work. I'm doing God's work. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking care of your children after school. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to do a sit rep. A sit rep. Because we've had what a, we need. We've had a couple of breaks lately. Yeah. And what's really interesting is a lot of stuff has bubbled up. And mm. thank you very much, Israel and Hamas, for giving us something else to focus on. There's a little bit of that, but there's a lot of other really strange things going on that we're going to talk about. Yeah, amazing. Strap in. Strap in. You're listening to I Spy, the Danish meatball of Australian intelligence. I thought they were Swedish meatballs. D- Danish I- meatballs are different. These are Swedish meatballs. <laughs> You're not coping at all, are you? I'm sorry. I just, I can't deal. Would you like a new job? Yes. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And look, we wanted to take a break from all the doom and gloom that's going on and get back into basics and like, you know, the good old spy world. Have yeah. A, you know, a bit, bit of like overview of what's going on at the moment. Now, just one little quick jump into the doom and gloom that's going on in oh, the Middle East right now. You. Sorry. Just, I'm sorry. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu <laughs> sent a tweet out blaming yeah. the, the uh, saying he's denied all responsibility for security failures. Of course. And he said that it was all because of the intelligence community in Israel. Yeah, and then he deleted. And then he deleted yep. it with a following tweet that said, oh, look, uh, I was wrong yeah. in saying that. Maybe yeah. maybe I went too far when I went onto the uh, social platform formerly known as Twitter. And uh, basically he had to cover his ass. What was very interesting was the intelligence community. Behind closed doors, they were absolutely livid. But in public, when asked mm. for comment, basically they said, we're at war now, we're focused on that. Right? Yeah, which which they are. And I think like when everything kind of dies down and maybe in a couple of weeks, it would hopefully, it's in a couple of weeks, yeah, who knows. Yeah, look, I just saw a video of the tunnels that are 60 metres below Gaza. Yeah, this isn't going to be a couple these of weeks. Aren't, these aren't those like dingy little uh, du- dugout with a hand shovel kind of tunnels. These are yeah. some pretty intense We're not systems. talking Vietnamese, Vietnamese tunnels. We're yeah. talking serious infrastructure. Yeah, serious infrastructure. And deep. And very deep. And I think what I would like to kind of tackle as we move towards the end of this, I think it will be very interesting to look at the role of social media and how this war has been portrayed oh. on both sides, particularly about how there's a specific age group, like older boomers tend to, you know, be pro-Israel. Yeah. And then the younger people tend to be pro-Palestine. Yeah. And how looking at where, you know, people actually consume their news because younger people can tend to consume it from TikTok. Online. Yep. On Lie, but mostly TikTok, especially like the very younger generation, and how that could be easily being skewed by the Chinese. Yes, well, there's so, not just that. It's quite interesting because there's a great point that's brought up, and we will be talking about our good mate Burjo and a few other yes. people. But there was one thing that he did say. He's like, Burjo has basically turned around and said he's warning public officials against statements that may inflame community tension. Yes. And that makes a lot of sense. It's a really good idea to do, right? This is bad enough, and we will discuss this and other things that are going to happen. But he's basically, he said that ASIO are quite alert to what's going mm. on with a small subset of religious and ideological 
ideological extremists. Right. So they're not just like going, it's the Muslims and they're really terrible. There was a guy on somebody on Fox News in the States, mm. you know, uh, read into that what you will, but basically turned around and said to all the American Arabs and American Muslims, we're sick of you and we're going to show you why, which is like, oh, dude, so that random. does not help. No. Right? It so does random. not help. But basically he said words matter. Now, nevertheless, while he was on Ray Hadley, Peter Dutton then turned around and said that, you know, he thinks that Ray Hadley said something along the lines of, what is it about the ALP? They just hate the Israelis, to which Dutton should have turned around, like a smart politician would have gone, well, hang, hang on, back that up. Mm. But he went, oh, well, it does certainly seem like that. And by the way, Tony Burke should never have agreed to fly the Palestinian flag. He's just pandering to his electorate. That doesn't help. No. Right? And to be perfectly honest, a lot of people, like, Albo's getting a lot of flack for it, but I think like, why haven't you gone to Israel? Because Benjamin Netanyahu has bigger fish to fry than than meeting. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the whole thing is why haven't you made a phone call and why have you done that? Because he doesn't need to. And it, it would be politically inexpedient for him to do so. Yes. And I do want to kind of have a quick talk about, so there's been a lot of conversation about hate speech and mm. how do you police that recently. Mm. And someone actually brought up this very unique point and it was only because, you know, I was on TV yesterday morning. It was one of the topics that I was talking about and I was having a further conversation and this kind of came up, this whole idea of like, it's my, in some ways better to let people go out in public and say these horrible things Mm. because if you send them underground and you say you can't do that in public, then what are you creating? Well, I mean, that's a really good point, right? Do you know what I mean? Like this whole idea of like – The ability to vent, right? Yes. The, and I'm like, not, and I don't, before anyone complains, I am not saying that it's okay to say that yeah. half the things these people are saying. Go and stand in the front of the Opera House and say, gas the Jews. Not no, a cool thing no. to do. And the thing is, what's really interesting is that you're not helping your cause no, by doing No, not that. at all. Right now, to be perfectly frank, those sort of people were the ones going, well, let's do it because we can. Mm. I don't think they were like going, Let's actually organise this, right? That's not the point. But we're seeing more and more of it. So I wonder, is it true? Like, I I don't think we can heavily police hate speech to that point. Well, we don't have a Bill of Rights. We don't, like, all of our rights are legislated. They're Mm. not actually constitutionally endorsed. But the most important thing is... If there is somebody that turns around and says, well, I firmly believe that, it's up to us as the person that hears it to go, can you tell me why you feel that way? Yeah. Explain it to me. It's a lot easier to turn around to somebody and say, and the classic thing is when people go, you couldn't possibly understand, then help me understand, Mm. right? Tell me why you feel this way. I'm sort of quite ambivalent probably the best word. I'm remaining neutral on the whole thing because I think there's mistakes being made on both sides. That's just the way it is. Ultimately- bottling up an, uh, your your freedom of expression is probably not a good idea at this point. Yeah, because and also, you know, further to that, like from an ASIO perspective, yeah. it would be better if these people who think like this and speak like this are out in public because yeah. surely then people are like, okay, I, I can see that person there. I've got eyes on that person. Yeah. I know who that person is. Now, considering that ASIO have fingers in cybersecurity and all that sort of yeah. part, they are tasked and Mm. able to monitor people beyond what they say in public. That is part and parcel of what they do. The fact that people go underground doesn't really limit their ability to follow them. No. But the whole thing is, it's like if you've got guys just standing going, yeah, screw Israel and blow it up mm. in front of the opera house, right, we know who you are now. Yeah, right? exactly. Now if we and then we're we, gonna we go, have your face, we have everything. And then we're going to go online and go, oh, God, you're just a twit, right? And away yep. you go, right? Yep. The big thing is it's watching the people that actually go, I want to act on this. Now, interestingly enough, Christopher 
Ray, who's the head of the FBI in the states, at a Senate estimates basically yes, got just up yesterday. and went, yeah, basically got up and went, guys, we now get have to get ready because there is generally there, there is a general consensus that there's going to be an uptick in terrorism mm-hmm. or at least terrorist threats coming from both sides of the the aisle, right? They're, you know, you're going to have Islamic threats, you're going to have right wing threats, and you're probably going to have militant Jewish Mm. extremism, Mm. they're all now bubbling away. And the other thing they're really worried about, this also came out, was the head of Home Affairs who basically said the other problem they've got now is they're waiting for a massive cyber attack possibly coming out of Iran. Because Iran's got their fingers in this pie. The Houthis are firing stuff into southern Israel. Russia does as well. Right. And what people don't realise is we always go, okay, if it's a cyber attack, it's Russia or it's China and possibly Korea. It's also Iran. Iran's ever since Stuxnet. They got techie. Well, they got techie after the Stuxnet Mm. attack, right? The Americans dropped Stuxnet into their nuclear research program. Mm. And as soon as they did that, Iran went, all right, we need to bolster our ability and we... A, to protect ourselves, and B, to protect ourselves. Yep. So this is the thing that's going on. Iran are definitely involved in this, and Iran will be doing what they can to disrupt everything. The other thing I'll say about Israel is the whole idea that there was a rumour that US troops were going to be on the ground in Gaza. There has been vehement denial about that from all over the place, except Anthony Blinken, the Mm. Secretary of State, who basically said, well, if there's a peacekeeping force, we're probably going to have to be involved. But we prefer it was the UN run it, which is just like, because that's worked so well in Israel before. So look, Israel... Huge mess. Yeah. We understand that. Yeah. Let's get into some of the interesting stuff because here's one I really like. Denmark. How do you feel about Scandinavia? Yeah, it's great. Oh, my God, do they have some problems at the moment, Scandinavia. They are up against it. Just yesterday, as of recording of this, Mm. their former defence minister and their former head of their foreign intelligence service have had the charges dropped for espionage. Dropped. Yeah, dropped, right? These two guys, this goes back Mm. to 2021, December 2021, where the head of their foreign intelligence organisation got off a plane in Copenhagen and was arrested. Right. Now, this goes back to 2013 and Snowden, because one of the things that Edward Snowden did was he revealed the fact that Danish security were working with the US NSA to bug Europe. Okay. Right. Including bugging Angela Merkel's phone. Now, this caused a huge brouhaha between Washington and Berlin. The thing is, the defense minister made public statements and then the intelligence head, Lars Finsen, (laughs) <laughs> Lars Finsen and Klaus Hjort Frederiksen. Right? Sounds like you're, you're about to go bark, 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 Yes, I am the Swedish chef of intelligence. <laughs> right, so Lars Finsen, who's the former intel chief, he was charged with sharing classified information. Mm. The big thing is he shared it with his friends and his 84-year-old mother. Oh, Lars, oh. what is going on in the world? <laughs> Well, let me tell you, mother, this is what is going on in but, the world. But don't tell anyone yeah, else. Don't tell anyone else and give me more meatballs. Right? <laughs> no, not the Ikea ones, the nice ones. Right? So basically, Lars Vincent has basically spoken about what was going yeah. on with Danish intelligence and US intelligence. Well, they decided, boom, we're going to bust you for that. That is uh, you know, exposure of classified material. We're going to hit you with it. And then they did the same thing with Klaus Hjort Frederiksen. They tried to charge him until he turned around and went, I have parliamentary immunity. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. I'm in parliament when I'm saying it. And, <laughs> oh, look, a meatball. <laughs> Meatballs figure heavily in Denmark. <laughs> oh, look at that. Some s- smoked fish. Right. <laughs> and for all of our Danish listeners, I'm so sorry that you're probably sitting going, 
this guy's making fun of us. And that's what I did. Yeah, right. I know. It's better than your South African yeah, accent. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I definitely think that's a bit rude. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we yeah. have um, Klaus, who they tried to charge. And in fact, they did charge. After mm. he went, I have parliamentary immunity, they basically went, well, we don't care. <laughs> We're going to charge away anyway, right? <laughs> Now, here's the thing. Yeah. It was thrown out of court yesterday. Yeah. Why? The, well, the judge got up and went, we can't actually do this because all of that classified material we're going to try and protect will we have to come out. Will be exposed in the courtroom. Yes. Can they not just like redact it though? Oh, now that's the interesting thing. They did turn around and say that they were going to have any any session of the court uh, hearing that would involve classified material, mm-hmm. they were going to close to the public. Yeah. To which the journalists and the public went, that's not fair. We want to know if you're talking about it in court. We need to see it. But see, that would happen here in Australia. Yes, it would. But the thing is, Denmark have different laws. Yeah. Which now Full has... Full transparency laws, apparently. <laughs> Very good laws. Let me tell you now. Yeah. Now, there is one other person that now comes into this story. His name is Finn Borch. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, my name is Finn Borch. <laughs> and I'm the head of Danish intelligence. He's turned around and said he wants new legislation drawn up. Mm. So cases involving classified material can be tried. Yes. At the moment, you can't do it. That's so random. Because there's a judge going, I'm going to have to tell everyone. I'm really sorry. <laughs> now, if It makes zero sense. Makes zero sense. Now, if you think that's bad, there's one more, and this is Sam I- Sam. I actually thought I would never be on the side of like, we need to hide everything. <laughs> we, need, we, we, really, we really don't want everybody to know what the plan yeah. for that submarine that yes. that guy gave out was. Right. Now, here's the thing. Sam One Sam? More th- yeah, Sam Sam, who was a Syrian-born Danish citizen. Mm. Right? Now, he was a source for Danish intelligence in Syria. And he was so nice yeah. they named him twice. Yeah, he, Sam Sam. Sam Sam went to Syria to fight. Why? Right. Basically, <laughs> anyone who goes, I'm going to another country to fight is just like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Now he went or a there. psychopath. What they say is he went to fight for the regime. Now, okay. no one's exactly sure which, which regime, regime he was. It's, That's like, just, it's just a broad stroke. <laughs> I'm going to fight for the regime. Why do you have a, 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 an accent like that when you're born in Syria? I would grow up here. What's your problem? Yeah. I want a, I want a halal meatball. Right. So anyway, <laughs> he was a Danish national. He traveled to Syria yep. to fight for the regime. Yep. I've just done air quotes. Um, now, he was recruited by Danish intelligence uh, because they wanted to task him to spy on ISIS. Mm. So he did just that. Mm. Now, he went back to Copenhagen. Now, the thing about Sam Sam is he's got a, a record as long as your arm mm. uh, for criminal stuff, right? He's just I mean, I'm not surprised. Teddy Crim, right? So he went back to Copenhagen and then fled Copenhagen because he was being accosted by thugs. Oh. Th- yeah, so obviously some of his criminal buddies went, oh, hey, Sam Sam, you're back. We need to have a talk about the money you owe us, yeah. right? <laughs> the only reason I wanted to talk about Denmark, by the way, is so I could do this Oh, accent. my God. I feel like this has all been <laughs> built around your accent. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. So basically what's happened is- This is just one big audition tape for, in, for an SBS movie. No, I, well, actually, I'm, I'm auditioning tomorrow for a Danish animated <laughs> yeah, series. Yes, you are. I'm going to play all the characters. Right. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a Danish spy. It's the thriller. It's the children's version of Vikings. Yeah. Uh, right. So he was- he no went one to, dies. He went to Spain. Yeah. And as he was, he was entering Spain, they checked his Facebook account and found photos of him with an ISIS flag. What the, like, uh, shut off your face. Like, who are these people? Why are you posting On photos Facebook? with a with uh, yeah. an ISIS flag? Yeah. So basically he was arrested, uh, tried and convicted mm-hmm. for being a member of ISIS. Now, 
Uh, so that's the regime. <laughs> <laughs> this is no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This okay. is what gets really interesting now. Is he then turned around to the Spanish the Spanish authorities and went, "You can't do this because I was actually working as an intelligence asset for the Danish intelligence I security." It's a good way of like getting out of something. To which Spain went, oh, "We don't care. You are going to prison." <laughs> ha ha ha! Right. So the, here's he, some tapas now. The Spanish then approached the Danish. The mm. Danish went, yeah, he's one of ours. Oh. Yeah. Well, actually, went, he's one of ours. <laughs> really? Yeah. But they then turned around and went, but we don't care that you've convicted him, but how's about this? How about you send him back to us and he can serve his time out here? Right. Right. So he's been then sent back to Denmark mm. and he's serving his time out, but he's now got an appeal going to try and get out of prison, to be pardoned, essentially. Yep. Now, what's very interesting is you'd sort of think that everyone in Denmark would go, whatever, <laughs> I'm busy over here building a flat-back table. Yeah. But what's happened is he's got this real public support behind really? him. Yeah, the Danes have basically turned around and gone, well, hang on a minute, he was working for us. We should let him go. Yeah. Right? This is the interesting thing. Danish intelligence at the moment is in an absolute uproar yeah. because they can't win anything. I blame COVID. COVID really screwed them over. Oh, now that's something we need to talk about as well as yeah. COVID because yeah. everybody's favourite ASIO boss. Oh, Burjo. Burjo. Now, Burjo's been out and about. He has been out and he's about. He's been out and about quite a bit. and mm, Doing um, his job. Yep. He's been in the States. A head of intelligence organizations for Five Eyes had a big meeting in Palo Alto in California. Oh. Now, what's With all the big tech bros. With all yeah, the tech bros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, you're just going <laughs> to love this new chip. Yeah. Right. So Smoke um, this. Smoke you. Yeah, now, here's a mushroom. They're all high, to be honest. They're oh, well, all actually, high. They're there's... all high on ketamine. Ketamine is the drug of choice with the tech bros. That's just letting you all know. There's also a very interesting book called Side. Siberia. Yeah. Right? It's spelt C-Y-B-E-R-I-A. Yeah. And basically this guy has went went working in Palo Alto and basically said almost everyone was on acid. Yeah. Because it opens your mind. Yeah, it gives but you a better way to- But now they've moved into ketamine and now they have like dinner parties and everyone's doing ketamine. I swear to God. It's okay. crazy. I just, I just <laughs> Elon Musk on ketamine all the time. Oh my God. Which makes we, a lot of sense. He shouldn't just, be tweeting. Go. Can we just smoke marijuana and be done with it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, it's it's natural. No. It's an herb. Right. Okay. So the big thing he came out with at this meeting with Five Eyes was mm. the fact that China's intellectual property theft program is now out of control. Yeah. It's become huge. And his big call at the moment is for every intelligence service in the West to basically stop mucking around and really start working out where China is going with this because it's almost insurmountable, mm. right? There's this huge problem is China is coming in. Well, we heard about the nest of spies that became a hive of spies. Yeah. And we've kicked them out. And also the fact that there was the Chinese professor who was booted because he was potentially trying to find sources. Mm. This is not going away, right? So here's the big point that the Berjo was making is that at the moment – while there is this lift in that the terrorist threat is going to rise, it, and again, that's one of the reasons why Albo like going, let's not go to Israel, let's just go to China and mm. get our trade deal fixed up. One of the reasons why is it just reduces Australia's profile on the terrorist threat ratio. So people are going to go, well, Australia don't really, you know, let, let, leave them alone, let's go and chase the countries that are having a scream about us. Mm. Right, so that's a really important thing that's going on is he's really focused on China, which is also a massive call for him to make. He made this, about a week ago, he made this claim, well, not a claim, he made this statement at this meeting for Five Eyes, and our Prime Minister is about to go to China. Yeah, so when this airs, our Prime Minister would have been in Beijing. He um, arrived on Saturday. Yep. 
So it's Saturday, he got there now. Yep. But all, he, all to do with trade. Yeah, all to do with trade. Now, while this is going on, his head of intelligence has turned mm. around and said, well, you've got to watch the Chinese. I mean, there have been a lot of other things like- I sc- mean, we know we have to watch the Chinese. Scott you Morris, never take yeah, your eye off the Chinese. Never take them off. <laughs> I mean, they are the kind of preeminent hegemony mm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, America is- militarily has got them pretty kind of boxed. Yeah. But at the moment, trade-wise, they're on the ascendance. Mm. Now, the other thing was Claire O'Neill, our Home Affairs Minister, who's got up and it was it actually came out as of recording. Mm. It was out this morning as of recording. And essentially, one of the things being targeted by foreign adversaries at the moment are disgruntled workers. I mean, and there's a lot of them. So <laughs> That's right. Particularly any of the like, Danish people that have been saying, uh, I'm not disgruntled. Australians are making fun of my voice. Yeah. But, I think they're probably just focusing on millennials, to be honest. Well, here's the interesting thing. And uh, when you look at it, it makes a lot of sense. Because they're mad about everything. I mean, you work in radio and you know what it's like when you get sacked. Well, you probably don't know what it's like when you get sacked. But I, there was the whole thing of if you ever get sacked from radio, basically a security guard with a cardboard box shows up at your desk mm. and your boss goes, oh, by the way- Your pass doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you've got 20 minutes to get out of the building. Yeah. Right. And the reason you do that is because if you have access to a studio or if you have access more likely to the broadcast equipment, yeah, yeah. you can wreak havoc in there. 100%. You can really, really mess it up. Yeah. So they get rid of you very simply. I've been doing it slowly over the past 10 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I'm undercover. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, you're working for the ABC. Yeah, 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 at Nova. I work for Danish Radio. <laughs> uh, right, so what's happened is basically they've turned around and said, you know, we've got to start looking after our workers because the more disgruntled your worker gets, mm. the more likely they can be recruited by a foreign adversary. Read China. Yeah. Generally, that's going to be the one we're looking for. So what it is is it's critical industry is okay. like – Energy, yeah. food, health, transport, communications. Yes. All these sort of things. Now, you'd sort of think, well, how much damage can you do? You can actually do quite a lot. Yeah. Right. The other thing is that what it's uncovered, and COVID helped expose this, was our our supply chains are mostly single source for critical mm. industries. Like if we need to get something, we get it from one place and we need to diversify all of this. Yeah. So what's going on is they're, they're trying to – a fix up this supply chain issue that we've got, but also start protecting our workers. Because one of the things is we are still short on skilled work. We're short on a lot of skilled work. But also I think this is a longer podcast, but I think also we need to invest in skilling people up to be upskilled for these new industries. Exactly. Right. Mm. And and I mean, one of the things that's come out with Alba going over Mm. to the White House last week was the fact that America are now going, you've got all of these essential minerals that we can't get. Right. And China are the ones that have most of them. But we've got a huge supply. I think we're the second, like we've got the second biggest supply of lithium on the planet. Mm. Like uh, germanium, all of these really odd, you know, these exotic metals that we need to create. Superconductors, that's the other thing that's coming up now is semiconductor and superconductor technology. They really want to build up on that. But one of the things that came out was really, really quite scary. It's like they're basically recruiting them through the dark web. Mm. But the other one is LinkedIn. Yet again, we LinkedIn, know LinkedIn is a problem, right? So in 2021, MI5, which is it's not MI5 actually, it's UK SIS, right? Uh, said at least 10,000 British nationals have been approached via fake pass, uh, profiles on LinkedIn, yeah. To you know, do you want to? Are you happy at work? Would you like to 
make a bit of extra cash and screw I mean, the boss I mean, I get a lot of that on WhatsApp, <laughs> like recruiters. From, I get like, it on Tinder all the time. Tinder. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm happy with your marriage? No. Uh, <laughs> Why are you on Tinder? I'm kind of says Tinder. you are unhappy. I right went now. on t- I did actually go on Tinder basically because I was doing a show, an improv show called Hashtag, yeah. where basically the audience would send me a hashtag and I'd create a scene out of the hashtag. Yeah. And then I suddenly thought, oh, my God, if someone sends hashtag Tinder – I, I better know what Tinder's like. So I went on Tinder. Oh, okay. So, I'm do- okay, so it was for research. research. You know what? I was on there for about 30 seconds and went, delete app. That's no, just like, no one wants that. It's just trash. Mm. Now, one of the interesting things that has also come up is one of the other things that Claire and I talked about was, and of course people are going to go, climate climate fraud and all that. Yeah. One of the things is we're getting more and more severe natural disasters. And because of that, this is going But I- I don't know. Look, it's a, it's a really interesting one because we say more and more severe. I mean, we can always find an instance when there was this much fire or we had flooding. It just... But they're getting closer together. Yeah. Those instances yeah. are getting closer together. Look, yeah. we had those terrible bushfires, 2019, 2020, and then COVID hit. They were terrible, but they're now saying like there's been something like 400 bushfires in southern Queensland, it, it's not going away. But we weren't living here like over 200 years ago. So like it, true, we true. don't know what the cycle of this land really actually is. Interestingly enough. Uh, but I will say that, you know, the the defrosting of the Arctic Poles and stuff like that, I think that is a concern. Yeah, <laughs> that stuff, is majorly yeah. a concern. The Ross Ice Shelf sliding off into yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a concern. Pacific is probably Massive a concern. But one of the interesting things was they're talking about the fact that we've just come through La Nina, which mm. means we get a lot of rain. Yes. And we had a She's lot of wet. Flooding. La Nina's wet. La Nina's El wet. Nino El Nino dry as fuck. Now we're moving into an El Nino. And yeah. the thing is, have were our water stores replenished enough to be able to withstand what is likely to be another drought? Well, I think the problem is we don't have the infrastructure to store that much water. Boom. And we also have, we have the problem that we have irrigated agriculture, mm. which really we're not this country's not built also, for Also, what we've done to the Murray is yeah. just, it's actually incredibly bad. For the, the Murray-Darling ba- Basin, the extraction of water, like yeah. the whole Murray-Darling authorities are, it's yeah. a mess. And how people control water. I yeah. think water wars is definitely something that um, people really need to take more notice of. And that actually brings us right back to mm. something like Israel. The interesting thing about Israel is like at the moment, Gaza, the whole thing with Gaza was actually, again, just this morning, they turned around and said that all internet has been cut off. All internet and telecommunications into yeah. Gaza have been cut off, which is never a good sign. When you go into a media or communications blackout, we don't know what's going to go on yeah. in there. Yeah, and now, over over 30 journalists have been killed. Oh, c- journalists, their families. Yeah, like, it's actually oh, terrible. Al Jazeera has lost a whole bunch of journalists. They've also lost a their ju- journalists, like their bureau chief, lost his whole family. His yeah, whole family got wiped out. 19 people in the – it was the uh, – That was an engineer. He yeah, lost 19 people. Yeah, was, uh, the Jabela mm. um, refugee camp. Yeah. Right. Now, look, again, let's not get into the weeds with that. No. What's really important? And but again, I, I think for me, though, as a journalist, I think we need to ensure that good, reli- reliable information is coming out because the problem mm. is we can't trust Hamas. We can't for what 
they, they're going to spin it no matter what. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, need yeah. people on the ground to get information out to us. Exactly. But then again, you also have a military force that probably mm. don't want things to be seen either. You've got two sides oh, that don't want stuff to get well, out. Well, I mean, the Americans didn't want um, the war ever shown, but then look at what happened as soon as they did show Vietnam. Yeah. Um, then, you know, the people just decided, oh, war's not great. That's well, not pretty. That's actually <laughs> a very interesting, and it's something we could sort of like do mm. as an episode in that the fact that, you know, the way they covered the war yeah. in World War II. Yeah. As the media scape got broader. They kind of cleaned it up. Well, it was all, you know, our brave boys are going over the, you know, they're going on shore. And it's like you're not seeing the gruesomeness. And then Korea, they kind of massaged it. Vietnam got out of control. Yeah. And then after that, they realized Gulf War, they embedded their journalists. To control the narrative. Like They were controlling the narrative in a lot more. Yeah, even Afghanistan, they did that as well. Oh, Afghanistan was like truly curated. Now, the interesting thing about this is, and it comes back to the fact that, you know, Israel has cut off the water to Gaza. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the problem. There are two countries, maybe three, actually, that could really cause the same problem to Israel because the River Jordan runs through Jordan yep. and Syria. And I think I think it comes out of Syria. Like if Jordan – Jordan won't. They've signed a treaty. But if Syria decide they want to be difficult about it, they could do whatever they want to the Jordan River and really interrupt the flow of water into Israel. They don't have a lot of water there. Mm. I mean, when you look at it, it looks – basically desertified or desiccated. So this is the problem, right? And now with Australia, our problem is we're a very large continent with not a lot of rivers on it, whereas Israel is a very tiny country with one river in it, right? So this is that we don't sort of think about water because, hell, there's a lot of it on this planet. Problem is most of it is salt, Mm. right? So what we're we're looking at, and I think it's it's a great thing for her to do, for Claire O'Neill, I think it was a press club, speech, where she basically put it out on the line, basically saying, look, we've got to look after our workers, but, you know, that critical infrastructure that they work on. So things like water, and this is the thing with one of the things I think Chris Ray in Senate Estimates in the US said, is we need to really take care of like Iran's cyber attacks, because if they decide they want to shut down our power grid, Mm. our air traffic control, or our water, like even in America, which is a very wet place they can still interrupt the supply of water. Yep. So this is the thing that's going on. This one little war on the Levant, you know, Israel and Gaza, Gaza going over that wall has literally kicked over a hornet's nest because it means everybody's agitated uh, Yeah, and, and there's I, a lot going on. 100%. I think also Hamas kind of really agitating things by coming out today saying that they will not stop, yeah. that it will continue until yeah. all Jews are dead. Yeah, so, well, like, you know, it's like, guys, it's... You're not going to win. It's no. Right. Well, I and I think it is beholden to the rest of the world that people like Hamas do not win. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, we can go back. The the, the two great powers really in mm. the Middle East at the moment are Iran and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right. And interestingly enough, Saudi Arabia were working towards a peace treaty or yeah. actually recognition of Israel. Yeah. Because it's Jordan. Egypt, I'm trying to remember, the the, the, the Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates have mm. all gone, okay, we acknowledge Israel. That's what they're trying to do with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And Iran, by doing this, it basically meant that Saudi Arabia had gone, sorry, guys, until you stop shooting at each other, we can't get involved. Yeah. Right? And that's a really big issue. The thing is, Israel's like the wound. The problem is you've got countries like Iran that are prodding it mm. and inflaming it and because it inflames it everything else gets infected with this inflammation and it's a really bizarre time to be around in the intelligence world because beginning of this year Burjo came up went our focus is on espionage 
Well, I reckon by next year he's gone, now we've got to split our force, go half on espionage, half on terrorism, or at least jack our, terror, our, our terrorist threat forces or our counter-terrorist assets up because that's beginning to build. And I think there's – look, we haven't spoken about Ukraine or Russia. And it was interesting too, there was rumours going around that Putin had had a heart attack. So there's lots going on there. Oh, yeah, the heart that, attack. So – and on top of that, a guy from GCHQ has been jailed for life for trying to stab a, an exchange officer from NSA. It's nuts out there at the yes. moment. Stay safe. Yeah, everybody. So, look, um, our word is... Strap in. Be Stay nice safe. to each other. Um, <laughs> yes, why can't we just all get along? Get along. I mean, be nice. Yeah. And if you're not happy with your job, go and talk to your boss. Yeah, not someone Michelle, from LinkedIn. I'm, I, no, no, I'm happy. No, you, I'm happy. you are happy. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. Who's this guy with a box? You're happy. Okay. 